Okay, uh, I'm glad to introduce Carlo. He's a PhD student in uh, University of Rome, Tor Vergata, and now he's in uh, Endoven uh, with the Eurandom group. Yeah. And he will uh, talk about uh, uh, cutoff behavior in, uh, in Markov chains. Okay, so welcome everybody and thanks for the possibility of speaking today. I'm presenting this, this work I'm, I'm doing with uh, Benedetto Scopola in Rome and with Francesca Nardi in uh, TUE in Eindhoven. Basically, I'm going to speak a bit of, of cutoff phenomena for Markov chains, finite Markov chains. So, what is cutoff? Cutoff, cutoff phenomenon is, a, is an abrupt convergence of the evolute measure of a finite Markov chain toward the stationary distribution. This is, is um, the figure represents the behavior of the distance from stationarity for a biased random walk. So what you see is that we have um, a abrupt convergence in a small order window with respect to the time it takes the distance. It takes the distance to drop. Okay, so we have a sudden drop from one, which is the maximum value of the distance, to zero, which is the, the minimum value achievable. And what we look for is an asymptotic behavior. So we introduce a parameter n, which usually represents the size of the state space, or so the volume of the state space of the microchain. And we let n tend into infinity, and we expect that if we suitably renormalize, uh, rescale the time, we're going to see um, step behavior of the distance. Okay? So we are going to see just a step in this kind of graph. Why would this do, we do study cutoff? For one, because it, it's going to give a um, very, very sharp estimate of the mixing time of the chain, if the chain exhibits cutoff, actually. So you see this uh, is a well-known quote by uh, work by Deconis and, and Aldous. So you see, for card players, the interesting question is not how close the deck is, is to uniformity uh, uh, after a one million reforce shuffle, but just if seven shuffles are enough. And if you have a behavior like this, and this actually is going to be seven, because so a finite order, and this is small in comparison to the time you take, you have yes as the answer. Okay, and what more? Imagine you have microchain uh, Monte Carlo-based algorithms for sampling or for optimization heuristics. If you have a behavior like that, like the cutoff one, so you have a flat part at the beginning, so you, you start simulating your Markov chain, and if you stop your simulation too early, you are sampling from a distribution which is the farthest possible to your target distribution. So you are, um, you are taking a bad sample of your distribution. And also, Cutoff is most important in, in metastability because uh, so far, to prove the exponential escape, which is one of the main features of metastability, if you want to prove exponential escape from a local minima, so you have a potential well like this, and you want to prove exponential escape in that direction, you, you require that you have cutoff in this direction, so in going down. So cutoff is important for these reasons. Okay, so this is uh, the formal definition. As I said, we have a family of Markov chains indexed by this parameter n. And you want to look for two sequences, an and bn, which are the cutoff time and the window. 
such that bn is a small o of n, and you say that this family exhibits cutoff with cutoff time and cutoff window if these double limits are fulfilled. Basically, the meaning is that, okay, this is an. So you take um, a time interval of these sides, which is order bn, and you say that this moment, the total variational distance at this time, okay, is bounded from below uniformly in n for n sufficiently large by a function, so the total variational distance at time an minus theta bn is definitely, definitely for n tending to infinity, this is bounded by a function 1 minus f of theta with f tending to 0 as theta grows to infinity. Okay, and the same more or less with this. Definitely, for n tending to infinity, your total variational distance at this time is bounded from above, uniform in n, by a function g of theta tending to zero. And this is the definition of the total variational distance. So you, weigh, you sum on all the states in the, in the state space omega. You sum the difference between the evolute measure the, the value of the evolved measure and the value of the station distribution. I'm speaking about, of course, ergodic microchains, so this pi exists and is unique. And, yeah, of course, this one half is a normalizing factor to have the distance between one and three. Why are you doing the limit of that? Yeah, because. What we imagine for, for the window is not, it's just the order, it's not the factor you have in front of, of beta, of beta, of Vn. Imagine that you have to say you have a window of size, of size uh, n. Then, if you, if you take a window of size 2n, it's the same, because this limit uh, makes the prefactor actually useless. Okay, so what matters for, for cutoff is just the order of, of the window not the actual prefactor. Okay? Any questions so far? Then, the meaning of the total variational distance, uh, yeah, can be sketched like this. Uh, so is the, is the area between the two, the two distributions. Suppose you have a distribution lambda and distribution mu on the common state space omega. The blue area and the red area are respectively the value of the total variational distance between lambda mu and, what's more important, the overlap area is, takes value 1 minus the total variational distance. So it means that if you don't have any overlap, the two distributions are going to be at distance 1. So keep in mind this, this remark because we are going to use it in a while. So what I want to do is to uh, get acquainted with cutoff using uh, an example, which is um, the Ehrenfester. So a very famous model from statistical mechanics. Basically, you have two boxes containing a total amount of n particles. At each time, you flip a coin. If heads comes up, you, you do nothing. If tails, you take a ball from one box to the other, proportional to the number of, box, to the number of balls in the, in the box. So if the chain is going to represent the number of balls in the, in the, in the box number one, you have probability one half times i over n 
to take a ball from box number one and, remove it, and move it to box number two, and the complement to do the opposite move. Okay, and the, the stationary distribution is a binomial and one half. And this is the computation of the total variation distance for the Ehrenfester model in two cases. The red line represents when box number one is started empty, and line, bl blue line represents the situation when more or less 50% of the balls are placed in each box. So you see cutoff behavior for the, for the first case and kind of diffusion behavior for the second situation. So let's see why we have this behavior, the red, the red line, in the first case. So you see this is a computation of the, I'm going to show you um, the, the computation of the evolute distribution mu t in, in, uh, at, various, at various instant of times. So you have to, to, to think that we started with a mass in zero. After 500 steps, you are at this situation. This is the evolute distribution mu t. And this is pi. This is the station distribution. Of course, the scale is, is cut for, uh, yeah, for representing sake. I mean, it should be down to 10,000 because the simulation should be with, the computation should be with 10,000 volts. Anyway, this is what happens after 500 steps. After 1,500, we have this situation, 3,000, 5,000, 8,000, 12,000, and 16,000. So you see that up to now, the supports of the two distributions were, were disjointed. Were disjoint. So we, we, are, we are running the flat part of the cutoff curve. And now at this moment, the, the very first moment when the supports start intersecting, we are on the edge. And then we have the simulation of the, uh, the computation of 12,000 iterations, 24,000. And you see from now on is more or less a diffusion uh, behavior. Okay, and this is the situation after 40,000 steps. So, pi n, the station distribution, is supported on a region of sides, square root of n, of course, because in the limit for n tending to infinity, it's more or less a Gaussian distribution. And what? If you, if you consider the, the, the transition probabilities where p, pi was the probability to go right, because you had a ball in, in box number one, is one half i over n. And q, the probability to go left, is one half n minus i over n. So you see, in this region, p is, is much greater than q. So you have great probability to go right. And what happens is that you are going to, to hit, the, the, the chain is going to hit the support of pi here, in a quasi-deterministic way. That means that the standard deviation of the eating time divided by the expected value of the eating time yeah, is going to zero when I'm tending to infinity. So, so we'll see in a while that, we, that using this fact, we can bound easily from below the total variation distance. And, what it, and this behavior is uh, it's kind of general because P being much greater than Q gives you a drift towards the relevant quantiles of the stationary distribution. And that drift is likely to ensure, to ensure this, this property of the eating time. But once you, have, you hit, the, you hit the, um, the relevant quantiles of the state space, so the support, P 
and Q are more or less the same. Actually, they differ by an order 1 by square root of n. So for n, suffi n sufficiently large, they are the same. So in this situation, in this region, when you, you, when you reach this region, this region, you have a process that, that, is much, that is much similar to a diffusion process. So it's going to mix, I'm saying thermal thermalite, it's going to mix in time n. So, let us make a small recap so far, what we have seen so far. So we've seen that the convergence is triggered by the instant, I mean the drop of the, of the, of the distance is triggered by the moment when the supports of the evolute distribution and pi, the station distribution, start intersecting. Then we saw that the chain hits the support, so the relevant quantiles of the station distribution in a quasi-deterministic way. So this means that you, we can take the expected value of the heating time as a valid surrogate for this moment. And after the heating of the relevant quantiles, uh, the convergence is morally, the convergence is morally uh, diffusion convergence. So like um, one half, one half um, random walk. Okay, so a uniform random walk. So what I'm, what my idea is that the cutoff phenomenon is a kind of two-phase convergence approaching, the first phase is approaching the support of pi and then the thermalization, so the mixing inside the support of pi. Now, we have to do things as, uh, a bit more formal. So, the support of pi intuitively is where the, the station distribution is mostly concentrated. And to, to state this, you say that there exists a family of subsets of the state space indexed by theta, and they are encapsulated, so they are nested one into the other. If you, if you let theta grow, you have a set which is bigger and bigger, and you want, and you want to have a, a bound on the complement of this a and theta, which with this bound has to hold for n sufficiently large, and you want that this, this bound is uh, this yeah, the, the weight, the stationary weight of the complement of this set, of the support, is vanishing when theta tends to infinity. If you take a sufficiently, uh, sufficiently large subset, the, its, its weight, stationary weight is going to vanish. Then you define the heating time of, of the set A and theta, like the, the, the first time your Markov chain enters the support, and if you have uh, the standard, standard deviation of the heating time divided by its expectation is going to zero, you will call this heating quasi-deterministic. Okay, so I, I swear this is... Yeah. I was just asking about your H of theta. I mean, it's kind of a tightness condition you're applying, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you are requiring that... Uh, that the station distribution is concentrated over a small subset of the of the state space omega. But you haven't told us any properties of H, right? No, no, you, you really don't care about it. You, you just want, you, I'm going to show uh, you the use of, of H. You just want this H going to zero when theta extended to infinity. So this is, I swear this is the, the only estimate I'm going to give. I mean, there are, the, the rest would be only ideas. Okay, so the total rational distance is defined, can be defined like max over all the subset of state space of that difference. Of course, it's bounded from below if you take uh, A and theta as, as, the, as the set A. 
So you have the population, this is bound from below 5. 5 minus with the computed volume support. This, I mean, mu t of a and theta means the probability of the process being into a and theta. Then pi is uniformly bounded by my uh, one, mm, 1 minus a theta, while this probability is bounded by the probability not to have the volume of the probability to be inside a theta is bounded from above by the probability to have a little bit support. I mean this. So imagine this is a and theta. <coughs> you are coming from outside. You are requiring that you are inside. <coughs> but if you require this solution, you have more possibilities because you can think inside and then you go out. Okay? So the probability is bounded from, from above and the demands in front of the But if now you take t equals the expected value of the heating time minus theta times the standard deviation, this probability can be bounded like this via Chebyshev. So you have basically that a drift towards the support of the station distribution and of course the station distribution being constituted on this set gives you. And uh, the bound from below that you need for the cutoff behavior. Okay? And in this case, the mixing into, into this set doesn't play any, any role. So up to now, we have, we have uh, split the convergence in, in two. This is the first part. And we treat it like this. Then we want, we want to speak about thermalization. So the mixing inside the support. I'm speaking about thermalization because now I'm working with... Uh, metastability people and uh, people from statistical mechanics, so they like to speak uh, of thermalization and energy landscape. So let me introduce this energy landscape. It's a very easy intuitive concept. You ask that the, the maxima of pi are the ground states. This is intuitive because at the equilibrium, the maxima of pi are where uh, the, chains spend, uh, the chains spend most of the time. Okay, so this becomes the ground state. And, and then you, you say that uh, the steepness of your energy well is related to the unbalance between the probability to go in one direction rather than another one. So, in the case of, of the Ehrenfesten, we had pi. So, this becomes the ground state. And here you have... Uh, no, actually, I, I said something stupid. It's not... It's not the steepness, it's, it's the opposite, it's the flatness. Yeah, I mean, in this case, you have something like this. Okay. Yeah. Here is flat because here you have, here you have more or less the same probability to go left and right. So this becomes more or less a flat part. And, and here you have a stronger probability to go right rather than to go left. So you have this. Okay? Yeah, like this. Yeah. Well, thermalization means the loss of memory at the bottom of the well. So the mixing, the mix, uh, it's can, it can be, 
can be stated as the mixing time when you start at the border of the well, the flat part. This can be done by via the, the um, strong macro property. So what you can imagine is that in this case, a and theta is this, is this set, which represents where the weights and where all the, the relevant states for the Markov chain are contained, like this, so you see. And this set, which is the, the, the bottom of the well, we are going to call it B. Please. I, I presume we shouldn't over-interpret your pictures, that you're not assuming uh, you know, that the, uh, the lowest state space is connected in some sense. Or the Markov chain is taking values in a finite state space, right? Yeah, it takes. It takes value in finite state space. Finite state space. Yeah. I'm having trouble mapping your, your pictures to... Uh, so even with the bottom of the well, what happens if I have you know, metastable states where I have one probability that's quite high and another one that's very close to it. You, I mean, how are you defining? You mean if, if you have, let's say you, you have, yeah, this is omega, then you have probably to go here and here, like drift, small drift in this direction, and then also like this. Uh, so you mean that you have an energy landscape like this. Yeah, so it's something like Curie-Weissmann. Yeah, but this is, um, it's hard to, to, to I mean, you, you can presume that the cutoff the, the phenomenon in this, uh, in this case is not present because if you start from this position, then, then you go uh, rapidly to the bottom of this well, and then to exit, you, you're going against the drift. So it takes exponential time. And so this is going to be the dominant time scale of your phenomena. I see. It's just, again, I don't really have a geographic picture when I think of finite state Markov chains. Again, you're drawing things very left to right, um, but I, I presume that the results don't really depend on that structure. You know, yeah, but, I mean, in this situation, you are, you are, for example, you're losing the fact that the, the stationary distribution is concentrated. You cannot apply the picture that I, that I told you before because, uh, yeah, uh, non-vanishing part of, this, of the stationary weight is, 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 is present here. That's why I was wondering whether your whether your set needed to be compact or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. But um, this is not. I mean, this this requirement is incorporated in some sense in this requirement. Uh, okay. Yeah, the quasi-deterministic heat. Okay, okay, in this situation, you lose this one. Sure. So yeah. So you're that there is only a single location that has the majority of the probability. Okay, so our result is the following. Imagine that you have quasi-terministic heating, so you start from, from this point, from very far from the, from the ground state. You start from here, so you have, imagine that you have quasi-terministic heating up to here. Then you, you, you consider the time to fall from A and theta to the bottom of the well. This is going to take, let's say, uh, an amount of time proportional to, to a quantity, capital delta n. If this, if this delta n is sufficient to the thermalization, to, so to the mixing into, into the bottom of the well, then you have cutoff with um, cutoff time equal the expected value of the heating time of the bottom, so down to here. 
Actually, we, we stated a uh, bound from below from the heating time of this. But if the, the previous condition is, is given, then you can, you can properly restate it for, for the heating time of this set. And the window is going to be uh, is going to be given by two contributions. The standard deviation of the heating time, as we saw before, and the thermalization contribution. Okay? So the, the major uh, uh, contribution of our, work, of our work was to, to split the cutoff window into two contributions, thermalization and standard deviation of the heating time. So let's see what happens in, uh, in a bias at random walk on a line. So you have, you have a, a line segment, 0 to n, and you have probability q halves to go left, p halves to go right, and 1 half to stay. And you take q greater than 1 half, and p the complement to 1. And you define beta as q minus 1 half, the net drift that the chain feels to the left. And zero, of course, is going to be the unique ground state. So the thermalization is going to take constant order of time. So you define the bottom, uh, the bottom of the well to be just the state zero. A and theta set is a part of the station distribution. You take it, for example, like this. It is more or less customary because the, you know that the, the station distribution is going to decay exponentially fast. So, it, I mean, the only thing you require is that this, uh, the length of this, uh, of this set, is, uh, the size of this set is, is not, you don't, you don't need uh, it to grow with n, basically. And then you can compute the easily the expected heating time of the state zero, which is beta minus one times n, and the standard deviation, which is order square root of n. So since the normalization is order constant, you have cut off with this time and that window. Okay, now I'm going to do a extension of this, of this random walk on a cylindrical lattice. So imagine a cylindrical lattice with, which is represented in two dimensions here. So they are the same lattice. This is in a three-dimensional view and this is two-dimensional. Imagine to have L layers, which are these circumferences, and each circumference contains M points. So the volume of the state space is going to be M time times L. Then you have, you require that the change is going to, to move let's say upstairs, so, so to, the, to the upper layer with probability, so to a um, uh, more external circumference with probability p halves. It's going downstairs with probability q halves. And it's going left and right with probability r l and r left. Uh, r right and r left. R, l, r left, yeah. As, you, as before, you take q greater than one half, p the complement, so this is just an um, generalization of the previous model. And then, of course, you have to require that the, the sum of these two probabilities is one half just for normalization. Yeah. And, of course, as everything is symmetric, 
pi is going to be, the station distribution is going to be uniform over the layers. And this means that if these two guys are different, they are not one-fourth, the chain is not reversible. Okay? As before, you take B, the bottom of the well, as the, the bottom layer. A and theta now is a, is a small cylinder of 8 square root of theta. And what you have is that since, oh yeah, this one, on a layer, the movement, the move, hey, the movement on a layer is like this, at, le at right, at left, and you stay on, this, on the same, I mean, I, I flattened the cylinder on this circumference, so you stay with the, you, you keep your face, let's say, because with probability one half. With probability one half, you move up and down, and in this view, you keep the face fixed, okay? So this, this is a, as a random walk, on one projector on the spoon frame, this is a, it's a random walk, and it takes all the n squared, capital n squared, which n is, is the number of points. So it takes n squared points to n squared steps of time to thermalize on the bottom layer. So what we have is that, as, as before, the heat in time is affected by beta minus 1 times the length, the height of the cylinder, and uh, standard deviation is also well. So, yeah, we have this situation. If the number of points, let, let me record what happens. According to our result, you have an is equal to the expected value of the heating time of the bottom, which in this case is beta minus 1 times L. And Bn is going to be order of the thermalization plus the standard deviation of the heating time. This is n squared, and this is square root of L. So in the first case, when n is a pool of, of, uh, um, yeah, of the fourth square of, of the fourth root of L, means that this contribution is a small of this, and we have cut off with this cut off time and this order. If n is greater than the, the, the fourth root of L, but still small than yeah, still small than the square root of L. Then you have that n squared is still smaller than this guy, uh, than the cross time. So you are still you still fulfill the n over a n then into zero. Okay, because this one was the very first requirement to have cut off. Cut off window divided by cut off time tension. So in the same situation you have cut off time and cut off window. Then it can happen that n is square root of a is proportional to square root of a. And then in this case, the window and the cutoff time are compatible. So what you should what you experience is, is a flat part because this bound is a red tube and then diffusion, very slow. On a time scale proportional to this flat part. And last, if this contribution is greater than this contribution, then you have a different uh, behavior, which is pure diffusion. 
and still we have a very small fatish by which is going to be eaten up by this contribution when, when the volume of the state space can so, uh, yeah. What, I, what I'm going to do in, uh, in the future video is trying to extend this model, breaking the symmetry, and trying to use a pathwise approach to reach the bottom and to see what we expect basically is that if, if we have um, a direction of the, of the cylinder which is faster than another one, so you, you, you don't have any more P and, and, and Q, but you have P and Q are uniform, but you have P and Q which depend on the phase, then possibly you can have directions to go down which are faster than, than others. So what you should see is that if you go down by the fastest direction, you, have, you experience cutoff first that if you, if you go uh, following the, the slowest one. So the slower. So you should have something like this. Where these times are the hitting times Conditioned on, I mean, yeah, the, the trajectories are represented by the the, the time that you that you that you <sighs> wait. The expected time of the of the the expected time of the hitting the expected expectation of the hitting time of the bottom following, respectively, the fast the faster and the slower direction, and this the amount of the jump the the, the size of the jump is proportional to prob to, prob uh, to the probability. Slightly longer in the question. Uh, in principle, the spirit is, seems very uh, closely related to the, the idea of main and tweedy for proving coupling the Markov chains, right? Where what what Sean and Richard did was, you know, effectively the thesis that, is that you have a, a lateral function so that far away from where you expect the support of the distribution to be, you get quick convergence, in their case creating a lateral function, and then once you get close, the way they do it is you provide uniform bounds basically, so you do something constructive to make the mixing happening really close. But I was wondering if your cutoff behavior, if your initial thing where you have these, um, expected times to hit this, this set. I was wondering, is it kind of indirectly creating a, a Lapinov function like in the main and tweeting approach? I could be totally wrong, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. I'm, I'm not sure completely yeah. So with main and tweeting, it's the same thing. They understand that once you're close to the support, that it's going to be slow. Right? The convergence there is going to be slow. So you have one argument mm -hmm. for when you're very close. But far away from there, your drift happens very quickly. Mm -hmm. and, and the argument that you need up close, if you apply it to the whole space, is very, very slow. So what you do is you have one argument that takes you quickly to the support that you're interested in, and then another argument inside, much like you've done at the fast convergence. Yeah, exactly. You prefer to have two, two arguments. Yeah. Because when you, when you use the, the fast convergence, you at all, which is by coupling argument, Usually what you do is you just to, to, to state the probability, the collection time being uh, smaller than an plus theta an. Okay. And these two contributions are on different time scale. Yeah. So usually what you have is to devise a, um, to design a clever uh, 
coming. Yeah. But in, with this speaking, I mean, so far we have we only needed very basic comments, like independent coming or just using the, the same number of things. That's kind of what Man and Tweet is doing, and that they, they create a Lyapunov function for mm -hmm. for outside, and it, it's a very weak sort of general drift argument. It's not. It's not even a strong coupling. Never mind. I, I was just wondering how closely related it is, and what, because in spirit it seems like the argument is quite similar. Maybe in the details it really isn't, or maybe yours is a refinement of theirs, but I, I'd be interested to know the relationship. I can, I can give you a reference. Is this quite dependent on using the total variation in your measurement and you have mm -hmm. similar distance? Mm -hmm. Not really. Okay. I mean, if you were looking at the expectation of some function with respect to the... Yeah. Presumably it's important in defining the, 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 the set. Yeah, we have to... Yeah, total distance is kind of a worst case distance. Okay. So you can you can find out also using other notions of distance and probably uh, you can have you can have a more general behavior. Um, I mean you can you can see in some situations where the total relation distance uh, is telling you that you are capital. But what you don't see to me is that if you have um, yeah already you have a brief except this pathological case, I mean where you have we are playing a little bit dimensions and the, the, the contribution of the, of the video, but what, what I, I think is that the drift is what uh, really matters. If you have drift, then you have reasonable uh, chances to have a problem, at least in some sense. Mm -hmm. yeah. So basically, when you have a drift, uh, if, if I'm studying a uh, and then it's okay, I have uh, drift, then it's not enough to actually cut off. So no, I have to check uh, basically just if I have this thermalization scale. Yeah, in some sense, yes. I mean, it's a, if you have a drift over the relevant ties of the state page, imagine that your station distribution is somehow concentrated on a few subsets and you have a drift for that, that this is telling you something that you probably will experience. Yeah. For, for one dimensional change, you have a complete, complete characterization. But that requires the, the, the knowledge of the spectral depth of the match, which, which can be unknown in some ways. Okay. But this is only valid for both and that change. So need major change and one. So, uh, colleagues in my office, if you have any questions, uh, let's thank you.